Our Father God, we thank you once again. This is the moment you've ordained that we look into your world. And your world is a mirror of all things we desire, God, to reveal ourselves to us as we look at the world. Cause us to see the privileges and the opportunities you've given to us. You frame the world with your world. You sustain in the world with your world. So the world is primary for you. Because that's what brings us to the same image and likeness that you've ordained from the beginning. Give us insight to God. And cause my listeners to receive wisdom and understanding. That you may heal them even in their souls. In Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're dealing with authority of the believer. We started that last week and this is going to be part number two. Uh, I just believe that those of you who listen to this message, something was said in your spirit and you must have grown beyond who you used to be in this spirit. Amen? Authority of the believer. Again, let's look at this scripture, John fifteen sixteen, and... Uh, John 15, 16, authority of the believer, talking about the name of Jesus. And he said, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he might give it to you. The authority of the believer is centered on the name of Jesus. And he gave it to you. And I gave you a simple illustration last week. In Isaiah, I mean, of course, Samuel 25, you know, the story of Nabal and, and the wife, Abigail, how that David sent men to Nabal. And they say, you go talk to him in my name. Hallelujah. That is to say, go talk to him with my authority, not in your name. So I'm trying to make you understand that whatever you do, even in terms of prayers, it has to be with the authority you are given by Jesus Christ. And that authority is found in his name. Amen? Okay. I told you the name Jesus is actually Yeshua in the Hebrew. Um, and actually means Jehovah saved. Jehovah saved. Hallelujah. And that is why it's very important for you to understand. So when you're calling on that name, it's God himself that you are referring to. That is why we don't understand. We're not just calling on that what they call the son. You know, people don't understand that. I've told you here before that you don't have trinity. What you have is triunity. I mean, if you remember. Yes, you don't have trinity. You have triunity. We have God we have the Son, we have the Holy Spirit, but it's one person manifesting in different dispensation or in different times, all in the work of redemption. So you find that God is the same one that is called Jesus, if you will, that is saving aspect. That is what is called Jesus. For instance, if you call him Eshadai, what do you think you're talking about? You're talking about the breasted one. That is to say, you act, or you see God as a mother who has two breasts, 
What is that supposed to mean? It means you see God as a feminine or in the feminine gender who can breastfeed you. What that means is God can supply your need. That's what it means when you call him El Shaddai. Is that okay? Yeah, he's the all-sufficient God who can meet your need at any point in time. That's El Shaddai. So when you call him Jesus, you're talking about his saving grace. Is it making sense to you? Praise the living God. All right. So this is the saving grace of God. God, Jehovah, the Lord. Now the prophetic meaning of Yahweh or Sami Yeshua, you know, it's important that we understand this actually from the Hebrew contents. Very, very important, you know. Um, Yeshua now, like we said, let's look at Luke chapter 1 and, and uh, okay, for instance, let me just say that when the angel have to speak to, to, to Gabriel, you know, and he said, I mean, the Gabriel now tells Mary to name the song Yeshua with me, Jesus, meaning salvation. Amen? But let's look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 and 22 from the Amplified Translation. Amplified Translation, Matthew 1. Yeah. Now she said she will be a son and she shall call his name Jesus, the Greek form of the Hebrew Joshua, which means Savior. That is the name, Savior. And he said, for he will save his people from their sins. That is, prevent them from falling and missing the true and the scope of life. And that is what God you saving you from your sins and saving you from all situations. Not just your sins, but every situation. So, if you're talking about the saving grace of God, is finding that name called Jesus. That's what I'm trying to make you understand. And you have to understand something. In the Hebrew, every name is a ministry. Names are not just called. Names identify your calling. And that is very, very important. It speaks about your destiny. Amen? So, Jesus, what is that supposed to mean? The assignment is to save you from your sin and in fact from every other situation that is calamitous to your life. To bring you to the place of safety. He is meant to save you. That is the saving grace of God. So the name is not just Jesus as he just called them, whatever. You got to call the name with understanding and the power that is involved in it. So you are in trouble and you say, Jesus, what are you trying to say? God save me. You call him the saving name or grace of God. Are you following me? You got to understand that. So, you see, help me now. I think when the Bible says, that shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, this is part of it. Some of us just callously use the name Jesus. You know, you see people do comedy and they say, Jesus, it's all stupid. It's not meant for fun. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. It's not for fun. It's not for comedy. It's it's something you you see you calling on the saving grace of God for the situation that you find yourself. Hallelujah! You identifying 
with the saving grace of God, with the ministry of the saving grace of God. So it's not something you make fun of. That is why when you really need him, you may not be able to because you've been making fun of it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let me, let me look at something so that you can understand what I'm saying. Mark chapter 9 verse 38. Mark 9 verse 38. You don't make fun of the name. You have to identify with understanding what the name stands for. And John answered him saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name and he followed not us and we forbade him because he followed not us. I want you to get this. This man was not among the twelve. He was not among the seventy. He was not among all the people that Jesus sent out to cast a devil or heal the sick. But this man was casting out devils in whose name? In Jesus' name. He understood the power of the name. Are you following me? Now, now I want you to consider this. This is a man in quote that is not in church. <laughs> but you are in church. You, you claim to believe him. There's a man who is not in fellowship with the brethren. But he can cast the devil with his name. What are you waiting for? What position are you? If this can challenge your faith, <laughs> and then I want to believe that your mind is not working. If a man who doesn't go to church, a man who is not following Jesus, a man who is not among the disciples, was casting a devil with the name of Jesus. Look at what Jesus said. The next thing he said, verse 39. Look at verse 39. But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. That's why he can't make a mockery of this name. <laughs> Glory to God. If you really can believe him for miracles, then you can use him for comedy. Come on, is it making sense to you? Nobody can lightly speak evil of this name if you do a miracle with it. So if you understand the name for miracles, that is what you get. Is it making sense to you? This man was not in church. I need to emphasize that. But you are in church. You are born again. John 1 12. For as many as believe in his name, he gave power to become what? The sons of God. You are in church. What do I do with the name? Hallelujah. That means with this name, you can do miracles. With this name, you can do signs and wonders. With this name, you can get your business running. With this name, it is saving grace of God. 
So it's not just one name like every other name. It's not a name for fun. It's not a name when your broken plate slide and fall. Hey, Jesus! No, 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 no. Come on, is anybody understand what I'm saying here? No. This thing is bigger, stronger, deeper than that. You see, when you do that, it's unconscious. You are unconsciously saying it. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. If your plate is just sliding or maybe the ground slipping and you say, Jesus, it's an unconscious thing. It's like when a woman is about to deliver with all the pain, say, Jesus, she is not really praying. Come on, are you following what I'm talking about? Right, but what I'm, what I'm saying is when you become conscious of this name, miracles begin to happen. Did you understand that? This is not when you, something is happening and whatever. No, no, no. This is when you become conscious. You know the power that's contained in that name and you can make use of it. That's the authority you got. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Let me show you something a little bit. Go to Revelation chapter 14, verse number 1. Revelation 14, verse number 1. Help me, Lord. Thank you. And I look, and lo, a lamb stood on the man Zion, and with him, and hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written where? In their foreheads. What is the father's name? Think about it. Having the father's name written in their forehead. What is that supposed to mean? They got the mind of God. They got the, the understanding as to what the name carries in their mind. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is when you see it in a practical dimension. Because you are conscious of the name that you carry. Hallelujah. You know what the name can provoke when you invoke it. Like the man that was not among the people. But he could still do signs and wonders and miracles. What about you? Wasting the faith. What about you who have believed this name for so long? It's all because the name is not written in your forehead yet. It's not in your subconscious mind. You've not come to realize the importance of this name. You've not come to see the magnitude and the effectual power that is contained in that name Jesus. You haven't seen it yet. It's not written in your forehead. It's not in your mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, what I'm telling you is beyond Christianity. Somebody said, what do you mean by that? You can just say you're a Christian, but it has to be a life that's attached 
or associated with being a Christian. I don't know if you're following it. Mark 16 tells you the same thing. In my name, they shall cast out devils. Say to them that believe in my name, this sign shall follow them. In my name, they shall cast out devils. That means for everybody that believes. For everybody that believes. Not for some people. To them that believe in my name, this sign shall follow them. That means you are entitled to the signs. Anytime, anywhere. Miracles are supposed to be following us. We don't even look for miracles. It simply means our life itself was supposed to be a miracle. Anytime, anywhere, you are supposed to be a bundle of miracles. The sign shall follow them that believe in my name. So there's a way you believe and there's a place you believe the name to and signs will begin to follow you. You can just believe him for where you die, you go to heaven. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, that is taking the name of the Lord in vain. In vain means nothing is happening, it's empty. Vain fellow means empty people. <laughs> Glory to God. So if you're taking the name because your name is written in the book of life to go to heaven, that's all you are for. You're missing out what God has made available to you in his name. Am I communicating? You sure we are together? <laughs> I need to be, I need you to become who God really wants you to be. I, I really want to get you out of that which is called religion. I want you to come to the place of knowing that you are a son. Again, Isaiah said, I'm going to give you a name that is beyond that of a eunuch. Eunuch as good as eunuch may be. So I'm going to give you another name that is born that of a eunuch. You know what that means? The greatest and the most important name God can ever give to you is to be a son. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go with me to the book of Philippians. I'll come back. Go with me to the book of Philippians. Let me see. Philippians chapter 2. Let's see if we can pick something from there. Hallelujah. Uh, Philippians 2, let's look at it from verse number 5. Take any translation you want, NLT, whatever. It's okay. Let this man be you, which was also in Jesus Christ, or in Christ Jesus, whichever way. Let this man be you. Go down a bit. Who being in the form of God taught it not robbery to be equal with God. He is God, but he did not cling to that place of being God. He came down as a human being. That's what it means. He did not count it, you know, to equal to share that place of being God. He became man. Look at the next verse. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. So one of the things I'll bring you to what I'm trying to tell you is when you humble yourself to the place of being a servant and knowing exactly who you are supposed to be. 
He did not cling. He did not try to make himself to be equal with God. Means he chose not to remain in the place of divinity as the ultimate God. He became a man. Look at the next verse. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Mm-hmm. And he said, Wherefore God also hath highly what? Exalted him and given him a name which is above what? Every name. Look at that. So you can't be calling on the name Jesus and thinking that you are making fun of that. We are talking of a name that is highly exalted above every other name. That's why devils must bow, sicknesses must bow, every form of spirit about to bow to this name. Look at the next thing. That at the name of Jesus, did you get that? Oh glory. At the name of Jesus, every name must should bow, and all things in heaven, and things in earth, and things where all that in the earth, at the name of Jesus. Now I'm trying to make you see how important this name is. He gave it to him, and the name is above even that which his angels carry. It's above all of that. Hallelujah. Are you with me? And that's because he says son. Now you can understand what happened at the time of baptism when he said, this is my beloved son in whom what? I'm well pleased. Yeah, hear him. And then the next thing that follows how to be with the name that is going to bear. And I've explained that to you before. And because God said that, creation heard and listened so that when the storm came on the sea he simply said peace be still why because when God said this is my beloved son whom my wife please hear, hear him even the sea heard God when he said that so they simply obeyed what God said are you listening to me he gave him a name Above our power, demon, spirit, whatever name you want to name. In earth, under the earth, the name is above them all. Call him Mami Water Spirit, is above them all. Call him Juju, is above them all. Any name you can name, this name is above them all. You got to understand the power of this name. I don't know if I get in this. They almost bow. So every spirit at work in your life which is not of God in the name of Jesus let it bow. God gave him that name and the name is above every other name. So you don't joke with this name. This is a name that have authority over all other forms of authority. Even in heaven on the earth and under the earth. In the sea. This name is above them all. We don't toy with this name. It carries power. You can see the man that wasn't going to church. But you understand the power of the name. And when he was invoking the power of the name. He got signs, wonders and miracles following. Hallelujah. Are we see here. 
And you know, sometimes when I read the book, I just, I just feel we don't even understand what we are carrying. You see, this book is not to be placed under the pillow for protection. How many of you know people do that? The body, the body put it on the pillow. And those who also read the rosary, they order it together. Pillow here, rosary here, put, I mean, the Bible here, uh, rosary here, put the pillow on top, slip on top. And then angel are going to get you. Uh, this is not for pillow. This is what you carry. It's, it comes inside you. You become a living epistle. Second Corinthians 3 says that. Say so you're not. You, you, you are living what? Epistles. Not reading with pen and ink. Hallelujah. And the word epistle in Second Corinthians 3 actually means a superimposition in the Greek. What I mean is, if you take a picture and you take another picture instantly and upon it, you are going to be seeing the last picture more than the first one. So if you are a superimposition of Christ, what God is saying is, God intends to see you more than he sees Christ. The world should see you more than he sees Christ. Why? You are presenting Christ to them which they cannot see. You become a superimposition of who? Of Christ. I mean, wherever you go, Christ is moving. Hallelujah. Come on, I say hallelujah. Some, somebody will not understand this. Give me Ephesians chapter, chapter 1, verse 22, 23. Message translation. Ephesians chapter 1. The Bible says in charge of it all how the final word and everything at the center of this Christ rules the church. Go now. This is where I love so much. The church you see which is you is not peripheral to the wall. In other words, we are not outside the circumference of the wall. We are not at the border of the wall. We are not at the outskirts of the wall. What does it say? The wall is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he does what? He speaks and acts by which what? He feeds everything without his presence. The church is seen. <laughs> it's not peripheral to the wall. The wall is peripheral to the church. It is through the church which is his body that he speaks and acts. You're waiting for him to come and do everything for you. And he's saying, go. Do everything that you want to do in my name. Praise the living God. You know, when I was young with the faith, I was invited to a meeting in Amuchecha Estate. And the pastor just came and made a statement. And he said, God is my battle axe and weapons of war. Then I say, no, that is wrong. God is not your battle axe at all. In Jeremiah, huh? he said, you are my battle axe and weapons of war. God wants to use you, you turn around to use God. God is not your bulldozer. You are his bulldozer. 
You sing useless songs in church because you have no understanding. Jesus is my bulldozer. Amen. Have you read that before? Have you heard that before? If depending on you, you turn the whole thing back to him. No, use my name. Are you following me? Praise God. I see some devil running out of your presence in the name of Jesus. I see you walking in authority in the name of Jesus. It's not your bulldozer. You are his bulldozer. That means as you go, devils are giving you way. He wants to use you to clear the way. Hallelujah! Look at that. He said through the church, he speaks and that was act. And from the church, he spread his presence all over the world. So anywhere you are, Jesus is there. Once you show for Jesus, he's come around that place now. You carry him. Praise God, somebody. I want you to know who you are. It's the name of Jesus. I don't know if I have to stop. I can't even touch the things I have here. Hallelujah. But is anybody following me? You got this power, people. You got the power. He said, with you, will I break down? You know, we need to touch that some other time. So that you can understand what it means to carry the name. Hallelujah. King Cyrus, who was not a believer, in Isaiah 45, made a statement. We touch that maybe next week. And he was saying, anybody who doesn't understand who the name of the Lord is shall be put to shame. Because I understand, as Ezra chapter 1, he said, and he made a decree. Let all the nations, God is giving me authority, let them bring for the building of the house of God. By implication, you can't resist what I'm saying because he gave me the authority to do that. If you understand authority, man, you're going to move mountains. Ezra wrote a letter to all the kings and said, hey, everywhere, you better, you better, better be careful. I won't play with you. He gave me the authority. So bring, just bring. Man, you're going to be calling for your money. You're going to be calling for your resources. Wherever they are, you're going to be calling the fault if you know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. He told... King Cyrus, he said, I'm going to give to you the treasures of darkness. You know what that means? When I was younger, the faith, the treasures of darkness means he's going to show you the power of witches and wizards. What a cheap way of interpreting the word of God because they saw darkness there. What he's saying is, I'm going to cause a Gentile to bring money to you so that you can build my house. I'm going to give you wealth so that you can lay the foundation of the city. I'm going to bring the treasures of darkness to you. You say, you don't know me, but I call you. Hallelujah. You are a gentle person, but I call you that you might be my servant. And so I'm going to bring treasures of darkness into your hand. But God has called you and you know him and he knows you. Hallelujah. That means you have extra power. You can do what you want to do. I think I just need to read that scripture and then I can close. Hallelujah. Are we together? 
Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Okay. John 14. Verse 13. Glory to God. <laughs> and whatsoever you shall ask in my name. No, you can go to that message translation. I like the way it's just coming up. From now on, from today, whatever request along the lines of who I am and what I'm doing, I will do it. That is how the Father will be seen for who he is in the Son. And I mean it. From now on, go back to King James. So I will come back here. Hallelujah. King James. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, it is whatsoever. Whatsoever. Hallelujah. That will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Whatsoever. You are the one that put the limit on what you want. For God said this word whatsoever. You the one that puts the limits on the name of God. Hallelujah. Did you get that? So back again to message translation. And he said, from now on, and I like that. Whatever you request along the lines of who I am, that's my name. And what I am doing, I will do it. That is how the Father will be seen for who he is in the Son. And I mean it. In other words, when I allow your answers to be answered, the Father is glorified. So when you pray and answer doesn't come, the Father's name is being blasphemed. The Father's name be taken in vain. Is anybody understanding that? Because it's a name that's above every other name. So no matter the situation, no matter the devil, the spirit, when you speak this name out in power and in authority, they are bowed to bow. Why? So that the Father will be glorified. The next line, verse 14. Whatever you request in this way, I will do it. Which way? In my name. Go back to King James, verse 14. Verse 14. Hallelujah. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. How many things did he say, Shrax? Anything. Anything. I think only one thing is exerted. Not to kill people. <laughs> Praise God. Come on, is anybody following what I'm talking about? Anything in my name, you will do it. Whatever you ask, anything in my name, I will do it. Why? So that the Father will be what? Glorified. Saints, what am I trying to make you understand? You got a name, you got a power in your hand. You got authority in your hand. This is the authority of the believer. 
You don't need to go anywhere else to fetch it. You just have it. And it's in the name of who? Of Jesus. You can. And I mean, it's anything. You can. Hey, can I tell you this? Friends, your wife is sick. Your husband is sick. You try something in the name of Jesus. Did I hear somebody say amen to that? You didn't believe what I said. Now let me show you something. I had a pastor friend long time ago. And then they were living together. And then I had a seed. And somewhere along the line they've gone out to pray. Called for prayers. And that it was happening. I wondered if man gets stirred in the spirit. And he called the wife. He said, lay hands on me and I'm going to lay hands on you. And we're calling forth our children right now. People, that was a miracle they needed. The man lay hands on the woman, the woman lay hands on the man and you pray together in an agreement. They got their first baby. He just graduated. Are you listening to what I'm saying here? Listen. If you ask, he didn't say if the man asked. If you ask, the you has to do with male or female. Anybody that believes. Is anybody following what I'm talking about? So the power is not in the man's hand. Neither is the power in the pastor's hand. The power is in everybody's hand. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. As you live here today, make use of this name. He gave it to you. If you choose not to use it, fine. But it's given it to you. It's your choice. You got the name, you got the power. If you ask anything in my name, 